What if you did work? What if you took action and made it happen and started living inside of your purpose? What if you did work? Right now you can make the choice to never listen to that negative voice no more. The hardest prison to escape is our own mind. I was trapped inside that prison all for a long time. To make it happen, you gotta take action. Just imagine what if it did work? Well, hello, hello, and another amazing day, another episode. If you're listening, it's probably a Wednesday, and who knows? I got a very special guest on the What If It Did Work podcast. I'd have to say you're only one of two people that I was a guest on their podcast, and I invited back. So I want you to know that that means we truly connected. I felt, I felt the connection and I, I know we're going to do an amazing episode. So, Bobby, do you want to introduce yourself or do you want me to introduce yourself? One, I know it's Malatesta. Am I right? Or, or did I yeah, just... you are. Oh, look at that. You see, whenever you, you have a name that ends in, in a vowel, you know, in my neck of the woods. <laughs> so how's it going? So introduce it, yourself. It actually means sick in the head. It was my married name. Malalatet means headache or sick in the head, which perfectly describes my wonderful ex-husband. Um, hey, we all have one. Oh, well, I have an ex-wife, not an ex-husband. <laughs> yeah. No, mine is fabulous. I wasn't being sarcastic about that, but he could give you a headache. Um, so I'm Bobby. I'm I'm up in Connecticut right now. Um, I'm not sure what part of life you want me to share as far as my introduction, but I do have to say, I appreciate whatever you want, whatever you want to talk about, but I, you know, I I know you're an entrepreneur. You to, to quote Grant Cardone, you've, you've got many flows and you've got many, many things out there. I, I know you're an entrepreneur. I know you're a podcaster. I know you're an overcomer and you have that whatever it takes attitude. So whatever you want to introduce yourself, whatever, this, this is all you. you. You and I both know this is unscripted. So whatever God, the universe, wherever you, you lead or so you think you lead in this conversation. So go ahead, dear. Okay. So with that foundation, I guess the thing I, I want to scream from the rooftops and one of my most important passion projects is raising awareness around gambling addiction. That's why I have the different flows and why I'm touching so many things as an entrepreneur, both to learn the marketing, now that I've learned how valuable that is from Mr. Cardone, and all the steps that I need to build what I call a chain of recovery playgrounds. Like that's my, my dream. I want to teach adults how to play again. I believe that collectively we don't take care of ourselves as well as we could or should. It, if I had a magic wand, I would have them teaching that in school, but I can't change all the aspects of the world. So my part is, you know, let people know that gambling is an addiction, just like alcohol, just like heroin, just like all the things. Um, it's so ingrained in our society. So it's it's not necessarily on the radar. Um, I've spent the last couple of years getting coached and doing the entrepreneurial journey. And like you mentioned, Grant, Grant's just where I landed. He's he's the right coach for me and he pushes me in so many different ways. <laughs> different ways, whether he knows it or not. And the community is wonderful. 
I love all the people that I'm getting to meet and spend time with. And I love that we have the same thing. So that's the high level stuff. Well, that's good. I, I, I like that. I mean, we're, we're kindred spirits. I, I know on your podcast, I said I was close to being an addict. So do you feel that when it comes to gambling, just like every other vice, it's, it's just more socially acceptable? Like, I mean, I, I see ads all the time that now I can gamble on my phone. I, I mean, I, I, I did the sports book betting. I love blackjack. I tell people I don't consider it blackjack because I've got a photographic memory. So the two, three decks, et cetera, et cetera. Now I know it's bad. So that's why I, I stay clear or I try to stay clear. There's gambling here. But for me to go gambling, I, I usually have to fly out to Las Vegas because I make it I'm, I make it my mission to I have to go out far if I want to do it. Well, yes, it's I think it's actually ingrained in the culture, starting with kids. If you go to an arcade and you watch the kids, it's the same exact principle. You put money in, you get your high and you get rewarded with tickets that exchange into toys or whatever. So we're, we're basically teaching them to start young. Every school fundraiser, every Zumba event I go to, there's always 50-50s and raffles and whether it's a bachelor party or a stag. And that's not even including the casinos that are popping up everywhere. I mean, I drove out to Montana last summer and I didn't realize how legal and crazy it was in Montana. Who would think you gamble in Montana? Well, every gas station just about was a, a betting room off of it, which was blew my mind. Like I've seen it, like Wisconsin kind of has the same dynamic, but it's everywhere. And we use it. The state uses it. Companies use it. Nonprofits use it. They all use it as a way to raise money. Well, like the lottery, every state I'm pretty certain has a lottery. That's when you buy those lotto tickets or the scratch off, your, your brain releases the same Oxycontin than the dopamine that it does the same time you go to a casino and you're ding, 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 ding. And they make the, they place it every, those slot machines are perfectly placed. Uh, your, your, your eyes get dilated when you go into a casino because you see the lights, the AC's pumping. You, you feel the vibration of the crowd. You hear the people at the craps table going, you know, if somebody has a great role or somebody's on a heater. And it, it's it's just socially acceptable. Now they do it and they do it in your face and they know how to do it. But like I said, there's the lottery, there's bingo at the local church. There's the, even, hey, I, I bet even if it's as easy as I'll bet you $5 that, that LSU wins this basketball game tomorrow. And it, it's just more and more acceptable in the sense that before we would have to go to Atlantic city, we would have to go to Las Vegas. We would have to go to the Bahamas or some, or to Monte Carlo. Now, now not the old Monte Carlo in Vegas, but out in Europe, right. but now it's, it's just ingrained and, and you're right. Because if you go to those places, like the, when you eat the horrible pizza from Chuck E. Cheese or with the stale, the stale pizza and the, the, the horrible, beer it's just like a casino you go in there and you hear the ding 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 
And so you're starting well, them off at an early age, don't you think? A hundred percent. And here's another scary thing. I just had this conversation with my mother. Um, the games that are on Facebook or the the free Zanga and all these games that are on our, our devices. She was playing this free slot machine game. And every couple hours, her phone was dinging to remind her to collect her imaginary coins. So with me in the house, that ding, even though it's been almost five years since I bet, every single time that ding happened, I thought about gambling. Not like in an urge way, but I thought about it where it wasn't on my mind before. So even these games that people think are free and don't cost money are programming them the same exact way. Now, I've been in GA meetings where people have been in the rooms because of Candy Crush. So they've spent money, like it goes from fun to buying all the bonuses and stuff. The children playing their um, video games with the loot boxes. That was something that I don't have kids. So I never understood that. So I went to a conference and these kids have to use real money to get better things for the game. And all their friends in school can tell whether or not they have the ones that cost money or the free ones. So again, it's now tying it into bullying and status and all these things that people have to invest money or time into a gambling action. Well, we, it's, it's, it's another, our, our brains are easy to manipulate, hence social media. And so, oh my gosh, how many fa- how, how many fans do I have? How many likes do I have? How many shares do I have? How many people? And and, and we're on it. That's why I, I tell people don't don't even post what you you plan on doing because your your brain can be tricked easily in that. If I was going to climb Mount Kilimanjaro, which I'm not because I'm afraid of heights, so I'm, I'm, that's why I'm just saying that. And I posted, hey, I'm. Because I'm looking for the cyber hugs. I'm going to go climb Mount Kilimanjaro out in Africa in four months. And everybody's going to be like, hey, I love you. You're an amazing person, Omar. You rock. You're a rock star. You got this. Well, my body thinks I got all the all the kudos already. So why am I going to, you know, why am I going to do that? We're we're very high, highly addicted. That's why binge watching. Uh, I mean, it sounds insane, but you see people left and right. Oh, I just finished watching all seven episodes of Ozark today, the, the last season. Well, that's seven hours of your time that you just blew away. Oh, it, and it, it gets that way because we have that addictive personality. When you watch, I, I think it's on Biography Channel, there's a, a show on addictions. And you look at these people and you're like, how can you get addicted? But to us, we use, we can even be addicted by, by toxicity, by drama, by people treating us bad. It's we, 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 the vices that are out there, whether it's people, places, things, inanimate objects, things that we create in our head, it's, it, it's not that hard to manipulate somebody into thinking, Hey, I, I, I need to go bet on the horses or I need to go bet on the dogs or I need to go to, to a casino. Yeah, you're right. And let me, let me say for your audience that I'm not uh, licensed or clinically certified. I'm not a doctor, I'm not any of those things, but what I've learned through interviewing people on my show, my recovery, all of those things is that 
most addictions are happening because of stuff that hasn't been healed in our past, whether it's childhood or recent past or whatever, it's generally because of trauma. So to your point about addiction, seven hours in front of the TV means you don't have to look in the mirror. You don't have to do the digging. You don't have to process pain. Like that's one of the biggest shifts for me, especially this time since I quit gambling, I have feelings again. Like I never had feelings before. If I got pissed off at the guy, I was in front of the slot machine. I didn't have to worry about, you know, did he text me? Did he not? You know, just as an example, it, you get to hide everything. It's, it's an escape, whether it's, whether it's the casino or the TV or the drinking, you know, it's escape from reality where the thing of it is, is we can create our own reality that we don't have to run away from, that we can enjoy like with our whole being instead of just shutting off our emotions and our brains to do these other activities. I, I hear you completely. I've, I've used, I felt for many years I was unworthy that I had abandonment issues. I had, I was running away from my past. So that's why I told you I went to Vegas over a hundred times. I got married in Vegas a hundred times. I would use it, to, you know, that hole that I had, whether buying things and being addicted to buying things and just buying something new to think that it was going to take the pain away. Uh, gambling, drinking, popping pills. Uh, smoking weed. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, <laughs> Overeating. Overeating. I've, I've had I've, I've had to lose fifty pounds, and I've I've had to go up and down because I, I've been after losing all the weight. It's like, oh well, I'm not worthy enough, and it's it's stuff that yes, it's to fill a void because I don't think anybody actually is is that in tune with the Ozarks that they need to watch those seven episodes right off the bat. Or and that's why I tell people uh, all the time. You see, we we are kindred spirits because I say the reason why people love fiction and people. If, if you and I went to Barnes and Noble, it would be two floors of mainly fiction with only a little section of personal development and business development. And it's because people want to escape from their reality, and that's why you know though. If somebody's lacking love, they'll watch the Hallmark and the Lifetime because, you know, the boy meets girl, the boy loses girl, boy gets girl back. They end credits. They live happily ever after. Everybody in the small town is hot. There's, you know, <laughs> even the bad person's good looking. And it's, you know, people don't understand they're the masters of their life. They're the creators of their destiny. And I, I tell that you're, you're right. I mean, reality, you, I, you, I'm sure you woke up today. You weren't saying this is Monday. I hate Monday. You woke up today, right? Saying I, I'm the creator. This is my day to, to create whatever it is that I want to create. I absolutely did. I was a little mad that my alarm didn't go off, but um, yeah, I was really excited and it was like, okay, let me go. Let me get to the gym. Let me do the things. Um, and I've been, you know, pretty much at my desk since seven o'clock. And 
I'm looking forward now, right? Like I've cleaned up the past. I don't have to hang out there, but looking forward. And unless I'm moving the needle, I'm not going to be able to help people. The people who, you know, weren't lucky enough to go to rehab like me or, or come across different people that have impacted my life or read the books, you know, like I got to kind of spread the word and hopefully try to reach those who don't even know that there's this amazing life, the kind of life that you and I live. Like it doesn't have to be all peaches and rainbows every single day, but we're, we're fulfilling our, like our own worth and stuff. It isn't external anymore. When you get to this place, it's about being able to take care of yourself. You don't, you don't need the likes to feel worthy. You don't need the the big wins to feel worthy at the casino. You know, they used to call it, or they still call it big shot ism. And I didn't even know I had this, but what the concept was, you know, I have a free room for a weekend. Come with me to the casino or I'll buy dinner with my points. That's all ego driven. There's so many things that are driven on our ego. Just like you said, you wouldn't have to climb the mountain. It, because you already got the the kudos. So we kind of make ourselves more important, or at least that's what I did through my gambling journey. It's like, oh yeah, I confront this. I confront that. It's, it's free. I took my mother on a free cruise, probably cost me 60 grand in the background, but it was a free cruise. <laughs> so it's just, it's all perspective. Right. But it, it, it works on significance. I, I, on platinum at Caesar's palace or all over the, all over the, the country, if, if I wanted to go to New Orleans or, or, and get a, a room or, or Las Vegas, oh, my gosh. And I get to cut the line and check in and I get my own special check-in room. And, and they send me emails and they'll tell me how amazing I am. And they welcome me. It, one, it's customer service because people don't understand. And this is for business, too. You need to have that level of customer service. That's what separates Las Vegas and like Disney World compared to Atlantic City and Six Flags or whomever is when you have that and you make people feel like, you know, that they're special, that they are someone. And yet it's like, you're right. It's like, oh, there's no better feeling than you had your own casino host. Oh, my gosh. And they know my name and and it, I can get a room for free. And yes, I've, I've spent tens. Ten twenty thousand dollars on that room, but who cares? They they still know my name and they <laughs> and they know my birthday. <laughs> so uh, the funny thing is, we're never in the room. The kind no, of people who get no. the free rooms are never in the rooms. And and, the, the, and, <laughs> and you're a former gambler. Have you ever noticed that just in apparel, have Caesar's Palace, Bellagio, the Wind Casino? I whenever I I, I look. At anybody's apparel, they always front that, but yet there's like another 40 casinos in Las Vegas. You never see anybody wearing their circus circus shirt or their New York, New York, or, or their Bally's or their Rio. And it's like, so you're telling me nobody stays at the other resorts? They only stay at these three resorts. And you're right, you're never in the room. If if you go to 
to like Las Vegas, you have, there's a million things to do. And there's a million restaurants and, oh my gosh, I need to take my picture at, at this, at this casino. I have to say I'm at Nobu and I'm, I'm at Bobby Flay's and, oh my gosh, look at this. I'm at, I'm, I'm, I'm at this amazing concert. I'm at Rod Stewart's concert or I'm at Usher. Or I'm at this concert. You're never in your room. So it really doesn't matter if you're, you're at one of the crappy casinos spending the night or that, but it's the significance that, that, oh, you are there. Now, here's a question for you. How, like, how long were you a gambler? Like, like, what was that? What was that tipping point for you that you're like, I'm hooked? Oh, I knew at 15, I was, I was buying lottery tickets underage. I was going highlight. I was doing all the things. My relationship with gambling was over 30 years. Um, one of the first I'm hooked was my ex and I were truck drivers over cross country and he would wake up and I I should have been driving. You know, we were team driving. So we'd go East and West coast and I should have been driving, but he'd wake up and find us in parking lots. And I would be in the casinos when I should have been driving. One time we were even, (laughs) we were on a riverboat, um, casino like out in the midwest and of course this is going back 25 years ago there was rules that the boat had to actually go on the river for x amount of time or whatever we were on the water and had no idea we were on there for hours we had the truck out in the parking lot thank god we didn't like miss the load or whatever but i i find him and I had just heard from another patron that we were floating. I'm like, what do you mean we're floating? And he had heard at the same time. And we're like, we're moving. Like we were so in the zone when we were gambling. And the first time I quit was, well, I had moved out to Kansas city. I got my dream job. I wanted to be director of floral by the time I was 40. And I made it a year ahead of schedule. So I moved out to Kansas city by myself got this job. And within a month, I gambled away everything, including my rent money. So I went to GA for the first time then with, with intention to quit. Um, it was fear driven, but it was still intention to recover and to quit. Um, and I made it over, over two years. And then when I relapsed, uh, it got really the work, like they talk in addiction about things getting progressive. It's the same with gambling. If it, you don't go back to, if you left betting, playing $100 slot machines, you don't go back to playing penny slots when you relapse. You pick up right where you left off and it gets worse. And combined with my drinking and the gambling, like I do not remember 2016. My niece was showing me pictures of her and I was like, who's the girl in the picture? She's like, it was me during this time. So I was like oblivious. My employees were like, They thought I was like getting beat up by a guy. They had no idea what was going on with me, but I just wasn't present. I was, my mind was at the casino. If I wasn't, um, if I lost it all, I'd end up at the bar. Like it was just, it was just a, a cycle. It was, it was an insane cycle that wasn't sustainable. And that's when, um, because I had been in the program years before I knew that there was, rehab and stuff. So I started having that conversation in my head, like it's time, it's time, but I had to use that free cruise first before I went. And then my mother invited herself on that free cruise. So it got delayed a little. Um, but then I went in March of 2017 and, um, 
I went in with the mindset of this is probably going to be the only time in my life that my only job is to take care of myself for 30 days and do the work and heal. Like you're not allowed your in, in where I went, we weren't allowed access to our phones. Um, very limited television. Like it was the closest thing. I call it the closest thing to jail that I ever want to be in. People were telling me when I had to sleep, when I could get up, when I showered, when I ate, where I could stand, that is not the kind of life that I want to live. I don't deserve to live that way. So maybe it's fear a little that I don't ever want to be back in that situation that keeps me clean. But I think it's more about even the sucky emotions and the bad days and the challenges. They're still a lot easier than just walking around life like a zombie. Well, it was a painful experience. It, it, a lot of people are either, they either change because they were inspired by someone or the pain was just so incredible that they don't want to ever experience that again. And clearly it wasn't like you, you, you heard some inspirational speech or you were inspired because you saw a book or a program. It was that actual pain that it felt so bad. It hit you deep in the soul that, that, that you went cold Turkey You've, you haven't relapsed, so it's worked. Now, do you ever get that urge to, when you, you drive by a casino or you watch what stays in Vegas or what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas or uh, anything like that or zero urges? I don't know if it's psychological, but I was taught that, you know, gambling, like this program, like I said, you, you program very early on or these games that ding and stuff. I don't feel urges as much as maybe awareness or my body actually reacts to certain things. Um, I lived in front of a casino for most of the last four years Mm -hmm. up in New York, but it wasn't a casino I had a relationship with. And by what I mean by that is the one that was 40 miles north was the one that I spent a lot of time at. So if I lived in front of that one, I would have struggled because my brain and my body would have been like called to my machines and my habits. Um, So sometimes it just hits me randomly. Sometimes it doesn't bother me at all. Um, But I do. I try to protect myself and be on the front side of it. Like I said, I had I had my mother turn the volume off on that dinging thing. I don't need to think about gambling eight times a day whenever this stupid thing goes off. I don't need to put myself in those positions. But do I miss poker and bingo and some of the recreational stuff? Absolutely. I I totally miss like the family culture is, um, you know, Texas Hold'em parties. And I miss those kinds of things. Well, because it's social at the end of the day. That's why when people do go to to Las Vegas, usually people go with with their significant other, their husband, their wife, their friends. And it's, 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 they, they get that connect connection of, Oh my gosh, we have such, we had such an amazing time. That's when, when that, that plane lands in McCarran international and you hear everybody Woo-hoo! and still people lose their shirts. And it's like, 
yes, it's quiet on the plane right back home, but they're they're thinking, I can't wait to get back here to give them more money. <laughs> yeah. There are, the scary part is when you cross the line from the woohoo, like if I was on that plane when when I had crossed the line, I would have been like, shut up, people. Like, let me just get to my machine. Like once you <laughs> once you're an addict or once you've crossed, we call it pickles. Have you ever heard of the pickles? Like it was on the show, mom. No, so before I am going to tell you because it's pretty cool. So if you think about those people on the plane as cucumbers, you know, before they become addicts, they're cucumbers. Once you cross that invisible line, so once a cucumber becomes a pickle, they can never go back to being a cucumber. It's the same in addiction. Once you cross that line and you're a gambling addict or you're an alcoholic or you're whatever, you can never go back to using like a normal person. Uh, again, you just you just can't. It, it's been like proven over and over again. Um, and like I said, you pick up right where you left off. I have family members that quit drinking for 20 years, 15 years. And as soon as they have that first drink, it's like they never stopped. It's absolutely insane. Uh, I, I feel you. I, I had that, that connection with Las Vegas. I almost went to school at University of Nevada, Las Vegas. I was 99% certain, I guess the odds were, but I, I chose LSU in the last <laughs> second. <laughs> Talk about odds. That's a joke, by the way. Uh, I, know. I, I I got married there. I... I wrote my book. What if it did work was actually written in Las Vegas. I, yeah, yeah, Las Las Vegas, and I have a, a deep connection. I've been there with people that I love, my uh, ex, well, clearly my ex wife, like a million times, and it was it was always until uh, I you, well, people that have heard my podcast and my posts and all. I, I actually literally, because I always, it was always on my bucket list. I got to move to Las Vegas. Now, somebody like me with an addicted personality, that that's clearly not, not a good idea by, by any means. But literally, I, I actually even dated somebody that I grew up with. But I think a lot of it was the allure that she moved out to Las Vegas. So, hey, well, this must be a sign. She's in, she's in <laughs> Las Vegas. I grew up with her. I wanted to go out with her 30 years ago, 30, 35. <laughs> well, why not? So we really didn't have much in common, but it was Las Vegas. So literally for, and that's why I wrote the book for six months out of my life. I, I, I took, I, I was there one week there and one week here. Now, when, once, Things ended our relationship because it was toxic, toxicity, drama, nothing in common. I, I haven't been back in a year, which is you know, I, to me that that's like for a guy from the age of 21. Because I remember when, when we were growing up, remember, they always had those shows. Oh, my gosh. Live from Las Vegas. Evil Knievel. All the all the well, just till this day, everything. So I'm always, oh, mom, 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 I want to, I want to go. I want to go. So another thing that a connection with Las Vegas is my, my parents, my mom and my grandparents took me there, surprised me on my 21st birthday. So that you see, there's always like all this 
So, but yeah, for a person, I'd, I'd say literally I'd, I've been there over 150 times, but I haven't been there in over 13 months. So, uh, hey, but yes, it's a, it's never a good idea because I, I remember on your podcast saying I, I, I do have a, an addictive personality. So now I use it to only good, whether it's going to the gym two, three times a day or writing, tr- trying to write a second book all that because you know we we get to choose i i get to choose i can either drink every day and i can smoke weed every day i can do destructive things that no longer that will that don't serve people in general now i'll have a drink and what i usually do is since my daughters were born they're 14 and 16 now when i'm around them i'll only have one drink so if i get to that point because it's all or nothing, right? When you have an addictive person personality, so I'm mindful and I try not to drink because, hey, why stop at one drink when you can have like? But what's the drinks? point of one, Omar? Exactly. What's the point? And, exactly. <laughs> and I know, like at blackjack, like we, yes, it, it got up to the point, fifth minimum seventy five dollar bets, hundred dollar bets, because I have to, I, I have to have that nice room at at Caesars. Who wants? Who wants the casino rate? You know, it's you need the the comp because then you feel like entitled and you have to do it for four hours. I mean, you you, you can be on a win streak, but it's only an hour in. And it's you know, sanity would say, Hey, get out of the table because you're you're up, but I need to put my time in, right? Isn't that you, yeah. you think you have these stupid thoughts like well, I, I I need to be here another two hours, or I, I'm I'm bleeding out completely. I've, I've you've moved table to table, but the cards aren't in it. The reason why Caesar's Palace, the reason why the win, the reason reason why casinos are so huge is because the house usually wins. But you're at the point where you're like, if I leave now, I'm down, but I'm going to have to put seven hours in tomorrow. Because right, you you have that 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 crazy thinking because you only put in one hour today, so you 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 want the four hour increments of all, and, and it's crazy just the the silly things that because if we take a step back, I mean we're laughing, but this is when you're addicted, you're an addict, or you're you're obsessive. These are the stupid things that go through your head. I need to put more time. I need to gamble more, or I. I need to move tables because the card's not right. Or maybe it's that dealer. Maybe it's because that dealer secretly wants me to lose. Or, oh my gosh, that other person sitting on first base or third base, he's pulling the wrong cards and he's making me lose. Or I'm sure you've been to this one. If only I sat next to the person I'm losing, but the person next to me, he's winning. He's, he or she is so lucky. <laughs> Yep. There's all that. There's for me, I, I like the machines the most. Once they got into this whole bonus round world, forget it. You know, it's digital suicide almost. It's crazy the kinds of things they do. But I would get home and I would wake up in the morning if I could fall asleep, but I'd empty my pockets and I'd have all these ATM card receipts or credit card cash advance receipts. I couldn't remember how many times I went to the window. I would go until I couldn't go anymore. So they're like, nope, nothing will work. No concept of money, time, none of it. 
Like, well, there's no clocks. There's no watches. There's no, you know, it's completely yeah. dark at every casino. It, the AC's at perfect. Everything's perfect. Sweet. Now, you you know, you, there, there's, there's a misconception too that gamblers and gambling addicts are men. Have you ever heard this? Because women are so better at when it comes to their emotions, men will be like, Oh my gosh, I lost. I'm going to the ATM machine. I'm going to show this casino. I'm going to show that dealer. And they'll go while the, the misconception is, well, women are smart gamblers. Those that, that gamble, they know when to walk away and they they're like, well, I'm up. So I'm leaving it. it so that that's just some old wives tale then. Correct. Yeah. Well, I think that, that goes back in time, right? So in the old days where women weren't allowed in like the speakeasies or any of that old school uh, way. So I think the gambling issue started with men. And that is as an outsider looking in, it really started that way with men and it progressed. And for a long time, women, even if they were gambling, it's very uncomfortable to go into a room full of men and, you know, profess your, your addiction, or even though you have the gambling in common, maybe it's a bunch of other things that you don't have in common. So that's a pain point. And a lot of women don't seek treatment for that reason. It's, it's uncomfortable. Not like I'm, I'm outgoing. I'm going to talk to anybody anywhere. I've been that way my whole life, but a lot of women aren't doing that. And if they're escaping from something, and that something is bad enough that they're escaping from it, chances are they don't want to talk about it, especially in a room full of men. So it's tricky. I, I, we all, we always love to lie to ourselves. And I say, well, I'm such an introvert, but a lot of the reasons why I'm not an introvert was because all the times I would go to Vegas by myself and I would sit down and I would talk to complete strangers. So, oh my gosh, what a service. Las Vegas did to me to, by turning me into such an from being such an introvert to now being able to talk to people, which which is such so full of shit because you you can literally go anywhere and if you, and say I, I want to talk to someone, I want to have a conversation with a stranger. You don't you don't need to be sitting the five deep or six deep with with people from all over the country and go oh yeah another round and how we're all winning or we're all losing because. At, at, at the end of the day, we we right have, you you lie about the stupidest things because I I never tell people that. In fact, I, my the book was rewritten. At first, it was like that, like oh yes, I went to Las Vegas. Now it's only a footnote. Yes, I did go there, but but to me, it's it, it's it's flawed because you could go to church a church function. And just speak easily. You, I, I could have always gone to Jenny Craig or Weight Watchers <laughs> since I go up and down and go, "Hey, how's it going?" I, I know, I, I can connect. We, you and I are connecting, and we're, and we're not playing bingo. We're, we're not doing pie gal poker. We're not doing, <laughs> you know, we're not doing anything. What people don't understand is, it's easy to connect. All you have to do is just listen. To the other person. I feel that way about dating apps. Like for the longest time, I couldn't understand why people were doing dating apps. Like everybody goes right to, uh, I don't want to meet somebody in a bar. 
And I'm thinking to myself, there's people all around. Like, why do you need to go to a computer? There's people everywhere. And you're right. You know, anything they were from the church a couple months ago, I was in a, a gas station and this man had two flowers in his hand and one of them was dying and I didn't want him to bring home the bad flowers. So I'm like, you can't have this one. Like, let's go pick you out a nice one, even though like I didn't work there. And he ends up buying me a rose. Now, granted, the other flowers were for other women, you know, like I think his daughter and his wife or whatever. But I mean, it's it's easy if you just show up with a smile on your face, treat people nice. It's so easy. But you know why? Why dating apps are so popular? We can we can lie and say it's because of Corona right now, but they've been popular even before that. Because you hide behind a screen, it's no different than Facebook. You, mm-hmm. you, you, can, you can make, you, you can keep people at a distance. You can lie. I, I can put pictures up when I was 30 instead of I'm 48. I, I, I look way better. Well, I, uh, I look better now, but like, 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 let's say at 30, I look better. I can do that. I can say I'm a Nobel Peace Prize winner. Right. I, I cured cancer. I'm, I'm Daddy Warbucks. I'm Ward Cleaver. <laughs> I, I, I can paint. I can paint fiction, and that's that's what people. Because if you meet somebody organically, oh my gosh, you have to put yourself out there instead of swiping left, swiping right, swiping up the middle. Imagine having to get connection by saying, "Hey, how's it going? I am Omar Madrano. I would like to." have a conversation with you. I'd, I'd like to buy you a drink. I'd like to do anything. Instead, it's so much easier just hiding behind the screen saying, oh, well, th- I don't like the way this person looks or this and that. And it's it's flawed in the sense, you see all the commercials, the old guy that owns, I think, eHarmony. Oh, I, I have this amazing you know, method. And we, we, we have so many people getting, getting in love and getting married. It's no different. In fact, it's worse, I'd say, because I can't recall so many people say, oh, I I fell madly in love because, yeah, you have to find people and you have to go out there. And it's it's so much harder because you have to be vulnerable. Oh, my gosh. How about if you say hi to that person that you just see like the florist or anything and they they reject me because, you know, we're, we're entrepreneurs. A no is no for right now. And it doesn't mean, hey, Omar, I suck. Hey, Bobby, you're you're not my type. It it just might mean it's a timing thing. So right. but but dating apps, yes. It, it's like social media. It's all full of shit, but yet people people flock to it because it's not reality. Yeah. And I think that the other part is going back to the ego stuff, right? So if you put, whether it's the lies or the truth you put out there, you're getting paid attention to, whether it's privately, you know, like with the messages and the the beeps, like it seems like people are chasing their phones the same way they would with social, you know, am I getting the likes? Am I getting the message? You know, did he respond? Like those kinds of things make me nuts. So I need to shift a little. Oh, I, 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 but, yeah. I've done all the above organic. Uh, dating on match. Uh, I, I after I I the Las Vegas relationship, I, I, I said to myself because you know I had that 
I love to lie to myself. Well, it's it's a pandemic, so I'm going to have to do the 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 match.com because they have amazing results and great commercials. And <laughs> at, 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 the, at the end of the day, we, it, it was flawed. It's flawed. There's, there's no better, there's no better way to go out there than to sell yourself out in person. I mean, who cares if, if, if you get 49 no's, it's no different than if you worked at a call center. I, I used to sell, uh, I, I was a financial advisor. So, I mean, my, my hit ratio, if you're calling leads or you're calling the phone book, Hey, how's it going? There's going to be a lot of clicks, a lot of no's. So if, if anybody that's out there on match on whatever, just go out there and try to find, find somebody to talk to. And you're right. You don't have to meet somebody at a, at a bar. That That's just some misconception because I, you you can go to a bookstore. In fact, we all have hobbies. Isn't this crazy that we can actually find people with similar likes? If I like kayaking and I go kayaking out out there, this is this is phenomenal. We're we're, we're curing cancer here. We might actually find somebody <laughs> that likes kayaking and likes going to the beach and like has similar likes than us than actually saying I'm into rock climbing on, on match.com. I'm I'm, I'm into volunteering. I'm, I'm into bodybuilding. I'm, I'm into curing cancer. I'm into whatever it is. And you meet someone else with, with the same lies and, oh my gosh, it doesn't work out. That's mind blowing. It's the, <laughs> it's the same thing as um, entrepreneurialness, right? Like where your customers hang out. We learned in a, a class a couple of weeks ago, they call them congregation points, which makes perfect sense. And it, it kind of validates what you're saying. You know, if you want to meet somebody that likes to roller skate, be at a roller skating ring or kayaking, be at the water. So I love that you pointed it out that way. I well, also... Mm-hmm. No, good. At the last, the last time I was in Florida at an event, I remember somebody saying to me, it was their first time, they're like, everybody talks to you here. So you can find like like-minded people, whether it's events or retreats or whatever the thing is, um, because there's a common ground right off, right off the bat, which makes conversation, I think, a lot easier. Exactly. Exactly. If I love going to church, I want, want to find somebody with the same lights. Wow, go to church. <laughs> Clearly, if I'm going to the Anthony Robbins and Grant Cardone events, they're going to be like-minded people. Now, if why would I go there? And I'm like, oh, I hate all that. I'm, I'm not into personal development. I'm, I'm not into business development. You're going to find somebody that's not that doesn't have the same common ground. And it's it, it's easy when it comes. It's think about it as marketing, marketing your your business. One of my clients. Smoothie King owner, I what I was a part of. He kept on looking for like the the Whole Foods crowd and and the the pretty people and the rich people and all that. Yeah, if that's when it comes to making money, go after your target. Don't don't go after something that you like. Mm. 
<laughs> go, go. Green is green. Go after who's going to pay, pay your bills. Go, go. Don't, don't, don't create your own world. Don't, don't try to create your own will. We, we all have the answers, and it's called common sense. We just pretend we don't have the answers. It's like all those people. I'm, I'm struggling with my business, but I'm, I'm waiting for the next business book. I'm, I'm struggling with my weight. I don't know how to lose weight. I'm waiting for the next diet. What do you, we, we, we all know how to lose, lose weight. We, we all know how to be in the right relationship, but yet we pretend we don't have the answers. And it's like, well, look, why don't you try common sense? It's like all the times that I, I did lose weight, they're like, well, how, how'd you lose weight? Like they want, they want to hear the well, I, I took this amazing pill. And then after I took this pill, I ate a large pizza. And for dessert, I had some cannolis. And then I woke up hungry. And for breakfast, I, I, I grabbed six donuts. And it, it's great. I, I, I'm losing weight. <laughs> or, or how did you become a successful entrepreneur? Well, I was born this way. I was lucky. I, I didn't have a bad day. I didn't have a bad week, bad quarter, nothing. I, I just opened up the doors. I, I stayed inside and I watched everybody come down and say, Hey, we love you. We love you. Omar. you're a great guy. It's well, since the last time we spoke, you know, Bob Proctor died. Amazing man. But when, when he said the power of intentions, people don't realize you have to do the work. And, and that's, you, you clearly have done the work on yourself to be a better person. That, that's that's what it is. Life doesn't give us an amazing life because we're we're good people. I don't think most people most people are Ted Bundy, Charles Manson, and all these bad people. Because have you ever? I'm sure you you heard that. I should be wealthy. I should have this because I'm a great person. Yeah, I, I've experienced um, some folks with the entitlement piece. I don't align with that mentality. So I don't, I don't really get it. I, I know personally, I find myself at times beating myself up and this is something I'm working on um, because things aren't happening the way the, you know, like the speed I want them to, or the way I want them to. Cause when you do put the effort in, sometimes it's like, well, what the flower, like I've done the work. When, when is this supposed to happen? Um, so, but that's, again, it's an opportunity area for me to get over my impatience and, um, you know, stay focused and learn whatever else I'm supposed to learn before I get the result. You know, we all want the microwave to success. We're, we're all impatient. We, we weren't impatient when it came to gaining the 20, 30, 40 pounds. <laughs> we weren't impatient getting 50, 60, $70,000 in debt. But yeah, we want, we all want the, the magic wand where all, all our problems. I mean, heck, I, I tell people all the time, if, if life was that easy and life was fair, we'd all be living off the intercoastal somewhere, driving Lamborghinis and having six pack ads or the, well, I, I pray, I pray. And it's like, yeah, God gave you sound mind. You're healthy right now. You have, you have a, a body and he gave you free will. So he is answering your prayers. Now go out there and do something. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. 
I mean, if, if it was just, you know, prayers, well, you know, please God, I'm a great person. I'm a great dad. My ex-wife might not think so, but I know I'm a great guy and a great dad. Can you please give me an extra $5 million? And I promise to give 10% and I'll be nice. And I won't be angry with people that cut me off on the road. Amen. <laughs> if it was that easy, you know. I would love to be the person who catches your recordings in only like these little um, 30 second snippets of sarcasm because they would think like you're the most far out guy with your sarcasm. Like, could you imagine somebody just dialing in to somebody hearing that as a prayer and thinking it's real? We we only listen to what we focus on. I I, I have people telling me, oh, or, or they would tell my ex-wife, all he does is post when, when I was married, um, jokes, and it would be very rare. Usually I post videos even even before the book and inspirational stuff. So it's like wh- whatever you focus on, you, you you get my humor, so you love that. People that hate me, they're like, oh my gosh, yes. It, it's it's like people say, I got a bad review on my book that said I threw my mom under the bus and they threw the, the book in the trash. And it's like, thank you for buying my book. Yeah, you know, I, I need more people like you. Next time, give it to someone else. And nowhere, and people will say, it, I, I love my mom. I said she did the best that she could with the tools that she had. I I never, but but it's it's that way. You know, whatever you focus on, you 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 thrive or you're a magnet to other entrepreneurs, to people that have overcome stuff. So that's what you focus on. If I only focus on eat going out, going to restaurants, focused on wine bars, focused on victim mentality, that's all I'm going to focus on. And and that's why, you know, I laugh because I'm not, you and I, we're both, we're both here to move the needle. We're here to help people. I'm not here to be loved. <laughs> you, you can love me or hate me, but at least I have, I am who I am. Right. And that's, that, that's the way you know, I, I have people that will never listen to my podcast. But you know what? I'm not going to focus on that. There's people that tell me they're never going to read my book. And it's okay. Well, I didn't write the book for you. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I run into this and even sometimes in my own brain, I'll be honest, but part of why, like my screen says, Bobby, the awesome. That's how I announce myself on my shows. That's like the mother company of the things I'm involved in. And it's the same premise. There's two people. There's those that like love it and they grasp the fact I'm trying to give people permission to focus on the positive. And then there's those that are like, oh, she's conceited or, you know, who does she think she is? So there's two very different schools of thought. And I have to be cognizant of who, who I'm paying attention to or who I'm trying to why do I do it? I'm trying to inspire and I can't lose sight of that sometimes with the haters, you know? And again, that's one of the gifts I, I will thank Grant for. That's why he's my business boyfriend because he knows those smart things. You know, if you don't have haters, then you're not doing it right. I've got, I've got plenty of people that, that hate me. Heck, there's people that once said they were my biggest fan and all of a sudden they're like, you're full of shit. I hate your book. I won't, I won't buy your book. Go ride for Uber. 
I, 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 my mom's never, will, will never read my book. My mom can't even say Anthony Robbins. To this day, she says Anthony Roberts. She doesn't believe in personal development, business development, has never listened to my podcast. I hit 7,000 today. Not one of those downloads is her. And yes, I've, I've been, you can't focus on, on that. You're, and, and if somebody on, because I'm public, says, oh, I hate you or you're full of crap, I don't delete that. To me, it's thank you because I'll use you for rocket fuel. You just did me a, a, a service. You, 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 you gave me that extra boost. But yeah, the, the person that I, I, I read, I wrote, the, I wrote this book in Las Vegas in their place will never read the book. My my childhood friend, my childhood best friend, who I've known since seventh grade, I'll never read the book. But if I was going to write a book for everybody, I would write the a Fifty Shades type, or I would <laughs> Harry Potter, or or dragons, or you know dinosaurs, because you know it's fiction. Right. Uh, I've, I've I've lived enough of my life in fiction. So many people live in fiction. If you think about it, shouldn't Anthony Robbins and Grant Cardone and Zig Ziglar, even though he's dead, and Brendan Burchard, all these people should have like stadiums full of people listening, not conference rooms or or arenas, but stadiums. But instead, you know, we're we're we're, we're trying to see what Kim Kardashian's doing, or we're 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 following like stupid people instead of. We we can focus on things that can move us to be a better person, or we can focus on stuff that really isn't service. And the masses focus on stuff that will never serve us. Yeah. I like the choices I'm making. I'd rather hang out with cool cats like you than the alternatives. That's for sure. Uh, we Well, we, we've both been... It, at, at crossroads, we've we've both chosen to hang out with the wrong people at the wrong crowds. Then we we, we ask ourselves, well, why am I getting this? Why is life giving me this? Why is the universe? Why am I stuck? And it's like, well, look who you're hanging out with. Look at what you're doing. Look at what you're putting into your body. Look at look at your actions. That that's why you know the the, the secret. If anybody wants to know about manifestation, is if, if you know what you want and you have clarity and you're going to do the work, congratulations, you're, you're you're on your way. You know you can't wish, 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 pray, 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 and and think your life's going to change. Life changes when you you decide, you commit, and you do something. And you're tired of. Uh, of losing money, you're tired of losing relationships. You're tired of hurting people. You're tired of hurting the number one person that 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 matters the most, and that's the person that you're looking in the mirror every day. Yep, that's true. <laughs> Trust me, I've I've pl- plenty of of actions have that I've done throughout my life were were to hurt me myself because I felt unworthy. I, I felt. Like I, I didn't love myself. Life, life changes the moment we realize, hey, I am worthy. And you know what? I, you love yourself because you, you can have all the money in the world. You can have all the accolades, all the social media loves and likes. But if you don't love who you are, then it's all. Doesn't matter. It's all mood. It's all worthless. You got that right. 
So what's, what are you doing currently? I know you're moving the needle and you want people to quit gambling. And that's, that's a great thing. There's publicly traded corporations out there that like the win and Las Vegas Sands and all that, that do not want that to happen. But besides that, what are you doing for yourself? I, I know this, this, this is a cause to help out others. But what are you doing for yourself to move the needle to make Bobby the best woman, not only today, but tomorrow and every other day that God's given you or God will give you? Oh, geez. Well, I, <laughs> I guess personal development is an understatement. So I'm always reading, listening to podcasts. Um, this year, for example, um, I met a lady on a sober retreat and she teaches you how to listen to your intuition, for example. Um, so I'm trying to practice how to follow my gut and, and focus on intuition this year. Uh, it, I, I guess it all kind of rolls into one thing with mm-hmm. my big mission, because I've come to a place where I believe that not everybody recovers or heals or does the thing the same way. So I'm trying to get as much experience and information about all the different methodology and all the different stuff. And in the meanwhile, I end up recovering, evolving, changing, growing along the way, not like not even trying. It just kind of happens by default. Uh, And then just kind of having an open mind to people, to ideas, to different things. I was on the phone, God, two different phone calls this week, two and a half hours with um, other entrepreneurs. And it's just, you know, that gives me stimulation uh, more than watching the Ozarks uh, and I'm getting ready to travel. I love traveling. So I went to um, Dubai with the gang last year. I went to London and stayed for a while. Um, and I've driven, I've been to all 48 of the States, whether in my trekking career or most recently, I've probably driven about 30 of them and I'm getting ready to leave again this week to work my way out to Colorado and go see my friends in Kansas. And, you know, that's one of the things I love the most because I love driving and I love listening to my audiobooks and I love visiting my people. And, um, during the last two years, I've gotten to meet so many people that I never would have met if it wasn't for the online classes and social and stuff. The people that I like through the screen, I've been meeting in person. So those are kind of some of my adventures. You keep yourself busy. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, after we hang up, I want to talk to you about something like after we stop recording. Well, I want your feedback. Oh, so my opinion matters. Look at that. You're, are you trying to make me blush? <laughs> no, 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 no. Your opinion really matters. Actually. I'm very excited. I think my that's opinion. why I'm, I'm so wound up today is because I got this download and like, I'm running like the whole take action, right? Like I have the vision and now I'm working on taking action. It's just yeah. a dream unless you take action. So yeah. uh, the world's full of dreamers you know, when you wish upon a star, but Unless you actually do something, you can just go to Fantasyland and Disneyland or Disney World and enjoy yourself. Yep. So I'm, I'm assuming that you're going to 10x 
in March. Is it in March? GrowthCon. Yeah. But first I have 10X Undercover Billionaire Bootcamp in February. That's why I'm driving out to Colorado. Look at you. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. I bought the 10X marketing class and it's freaking epic. Best money I've ever spent. That and one funnel away. Um, but I'm well, look at that. Russell, Russell Brunson thanks you for the for the plug there too. He's it, that hundred dollars, the amount of value that that he gets. So um that's something I'm working on too for my short-term mission to raise money for the big term mission um and still help people that I adore. I'm gonna try to no, I'm going to. I'm not gonna try. Yes, try, try right there. You you're just setting yourself up for failure. Trying yes. is like dabbling. At, right. At, at least you fix your you change your 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 language. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm gonna be helping florists understand how to utilize things like funnels and the marketing principles that we use to help keep their brick and mortars in place and help keep them competitive. So that's my short-term focus. Well, that sounds amazing. So what are the best ways to, to find you? Now I know how to find you, but how does the audience find you on social media? I know you have your own podcast because I was a guest and we had, we had an amazing episode. So how do we find you, Bobby? Well, Instagram is Bobby the Awesomest. And all things related to the gambling are 321 no kidding. So that's my website, 321nokidden.com. Um, and I, I say that it's got to convert to Bobby the Awesome, but we're not there yet. And then as you pointed out at the top of the show, I'm Bobby Malatesta, which is the way you find me on LinkedIn, Facebook, all those good things. So thank you for letting me spit well, that out. Well, thank you for, for wanting to be my guest. You, you are the definition of whatever it takes. And you, you literally, I'll answer the question for you. Usually I say, what if it did work? What, what does that question mean to me or to you? But it seems like you looked yourself in the mirror and you had a major gut check and you're like, enough, enough pain. I'm proud of you. Congratulations. Thank you. When I quit my job about a year and a half ago, not everybody gets this, right? Especially if it's a good job with the normal thinking. But I was like, I'm going to quit my job. And what's the worst that can happen? A problem's going to happen. You solve the problem, you pivot. So there's not anything that can't work if you go into it with that kind of thinking. Like the next problem, fix it. You're not failing as long as you're trying, right? There's no such thing as a bad experience, too. It's only a bad experience if you never gain knowledge from the experience or you just keep on repeating the same thing over and over and over again. Right. I love your perspective on this, Omar. And it's a good message that you're putting out there. So thank you for that. Well, you see, I'm not I'm not all about being passive aggressive and, and sarcastic. <laughs> there's there's some 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 nuggets and, and some wisdom in, in me. Well, like like I said, I'm we're, we're gonna end it just because I want to hear about this opportunity that, that you just encountered. And I Pete, I, I can usually go on for like hours and hours. Usually people are only limited to an hour because I don't want to give up their Netflix time. 
or <laughs> or their social media stalking time and all that. So we we we've done that, and I thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for this episode. The true entrepreneur, the the true fan knows I I go through everything. It's all about the mind, body, and spirit. I, I had one person say, "Well, why why don't you discuss more cash flow? Why don't you discuss more EBITDA and all all the other amazing things?" And I'm like, "Well, I don't want to put people to sleep. I want to grow my audience. And until you you have your whole your your mind, your body, and your spirit connected, it just isn't going to work. And there's many aspects of entrepreneurship. And you're going to love our conversation after this. All righty, dear. Well, I love you. And uh, on that note, thank you. Thanks, Omar. I love you too. This has been awesome. I never told no one that my whole life I've been holding back. Every time I load my gun up so I can shoot for the stars, I hear a voice like, who do you think you are? Negative thoughts come to mind when I start thinking bold. Like, why you chasing dreams? Aren't you getting kind of old? I knew I needed help I had no self-confidence Didn't believe in myself I tried not to feel or listen to my intuition To start a business But before I even started I feel like it's finished You got a vision And let me say I don't care if they're your blood Got the same DNA They can't feel how you feel They can't see what you see Wanna change your life You gotta change the way you think The thoughts in your mind Is the boss of your life Nothing but good vibes Every day I'm thinking like What if it did what if you took action and made it happen and started living inside of your purpose? What if it did work? Right now you can make the choice to never listen to that negative voice no more. The hardest prison to escape is our own mind. I was trapped inside that prison all for a long time. To make it happen, you gotta take action. Just imagine what if it did work.